0: This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to (laughs) do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree (laughs) on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Bergath. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, joining us uh, from the Twin Cities and uh, Grimmer, before we talk, go for football, men's basketball. They have an exhibition tonight against uh, McAllister. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts quickly on the passing of Bobby Knight uh, yesterday at the yeah. age of uh, eighty-three, Hall of Fame uh, and kind of a legend there at Indiana.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's uh, first of all, remember we go to Indiana. It's always, it's always my favorite place to go for basketball, just because oh. that that arena uh, is so um, you know it's just it's just. Kind of a, you know, a hollowed hall, no pun intended, it's called Assembly Hall, but you know, you think about Bob Knight stalking those sidelines. They got the five national championship banners hanging up there. It's a loud place. The fans are good. Um, you know, very supportive. Mm-hmm. So that, first of all, it's, it's a cool spot to go. Um, then people ask sometimes, they'll say, Hey, if you could go to a road game, what should I, which game should I go? And I'm like, go to Indiana without a doubt. That's the place to go watch a game. Just. Yeah. To, You know, if you want to go watch a golfer game or something and, uh, you know, take a road trip, that's the one. Um, And then as far as Knight, you know, he was such a, um,
0: uh, you
1: know, he was such a, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, an enigma, so to speak, in the sense that he's probably the greatest, I think, college basketball coach there that that there has been. Um, You know, you can talk about Wooden and Coach K and all those guys who have more national titles, but um, Knight obviously did it his way he, he it was weird because he demanded such discipline uh sharp smart behavior and then his own behavior at times was very undisciplined, very <laughs> unsmart and um and and sometimes costly and yeah. uh, all the way to the point at which he got fired over some of his behavior uh, so so there was you know some complexity in that, but just in terms of coaching in terms of motivation in terms of um you know having everybody graduate, all those things. He was he was dynamite. Um I I did get to meet him a few times over the years, um, and uh it was it was always a, a unique opportunity. Um mm-hmm. he did the gopher uh games at the N I T for ESPN, uh, when Minnesota uh won the N I T and we had a chance just to chat a little bit. Uh, there were several of us in this. Uh, you know it wasn't just me and him. there was maybe four or five people involved in the conversation. And he was great, just delightful, good storyteller. Um, I could tell he didn't know much about either team, but at that point in his life, I don't think he cared. He just liked to be around the gym and he yeah. liked to talk uh when he first got into it um into broadcasting i thought he was awesome like he really brought some great insight i think by the end he just was tired of it and you know he was you know they ended up moving him off to you know um he was under contract they ended up moving him off to some you know he was doing bad games every night you know and um but when he first got in man he was he, cuz he wasn't scared to say something you know yeah. if something was on his mind he'd say it um it was very much insightful almost predictive in nature when he first got into it And then the other thing was he was a big St. Louis Cardinals fan growing up. uh, Well, he was in Ohio. He grew up in Ohio but uh, from his time in Indiana. And he got to know Tony La Russa very well. And so he would come to Cardinals games a few times a year and hang out in the clubhouse. And so there were a few times when I was covering the Cardinals that I'd be down in the manager's office with some other reporters and in walks Bob Knight. And, man, he could tell stories. He was funny. Um, it got quite intimidating, you know. If it was almost like everyone else was kind of scared to talk because they weren't sure, you know, where it would go, but he told some really good stories, and yeah, it was an absolute legend. Um, and the other thing that, that caught that, that struck me, um, because you, you know, you, the TV doesn't always catch it. The first time I first time I met him was down in, in St. Louis, actually, I might have even been at spring training now. I think about it, but he, um, he's a big man, he's tall, um, mm-hmm. and 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 he just kind of has this presence about him. And so all those things um, made him uh, quite the unique individual, no question.
0: No doubt. My interactions with him included booing him from the stands. Yeah. We had we had gopher season <laughs> tickets all during his heyday there at Indiana. And, and uh, he was my favorite guy to go and boo when I was a youngster. Uh, and in 1976, he was coaching, I think it was the Pan American team. Uh, Team USA, anyway, uh, there at Indiana campus and Assembly Hall. And I went to Bob Knight basketball camp that year because a friend of mine was from Indiana. So he wanted to go, and I went along and rode with his family out there. So we only saw him once. He only addressed us once in the week I was there, and that was when we first arrived. And uh, he, you know, talked about it, and it was the great Bob Knight talking right to us. And he said, you're welcome to come and watch practice at Assembly Hall. But if I hear you, I'm going to kick you out of the gym. Uh, So, okay, we knew this. So my friend and I, uh, we finish up our practice, and we go and watch some of the practice at Assembly Hall, and my friend could not stop talking. Uh, He just was incapable of it in this situation or any other. So there he was yapping away, and all of a sudden we hear the whistle blow, the basketball stopped bouncing, and Bob Knight takes 10 or 12 steps right toward us and points two fingers right at us and said, the two of you? Out. And so, so we got so I can't say I was ejected by Bob Knight. Uh that when I was when I was twelve years old, yep, from Assembly Hall. So that's that's my Bob Knight story anyway, a little interaction when I was just a kid with him, but but that's, yeah.
1: a, that's a great story. Yeah,
0: yeah that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, hey. Uh, so, Gopher football team, nice win for them. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to you after the Iowa win. Any win in Iowa is a good one. I don't care how it occurs. But this win against Michigan State, uh, you know, the Gophers got behind early, but then kind of really controlled the game for much of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, they started out poorly with two turnovers right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Then they missed a field goal; it got blocked. Uh, they had a holding penalty that stopped a different drive and. Um, and, you know, it was one of those starts that you're like, well, is this a little hangover from the Floyd or Rosedale game? You know, they don't seem to be all that focused. Obviously, they had some injury issues with the running backs. Um, and boy, is this going to be one of those days. And then you're right. They, they went on this 95 yard drive right before halftime and just boom, boom, boom down the field, took the lead. And from that point on, it was, this was, you know, that second half was, if, if that's not a prototypical PJ Fleck win that we've gotten used to um you know where you take the lead um and then you just basically grind the other team to death you know just a slow boa constrictor and that's what they did they you know they they i think they only threw what three passes in the second half something like that four yeah. times i think he dropped back one turned into a scramble um and the last 19 plays 18 of them were were runs in that game huh. and the one that wasn't a run turned into a run because it was a quarterback scramble for a first down on a third down um by Callie McManus, so that that I mean that that is uh, prototypical um it's not always the most exciting thing but it th- it was there was no question which team was the better team on the field and um you know Michigan state's been through a lot and you know we kind of thought that you know if you could start grinding them that the I'm not saying they quit but that their will to win might leak away and I think that's exactly what happened by the end Uh, Jordan Newman was just having, he was basically, you know, 5, 6, 8, 10, 12 yards every time he got it, and the the Gophers were just opening up holes for him, and he was doing a great job, and and so, yeah, prototypical win, and now they hope to get another one this weekend. I think they'd take it the same way if they could with Illinois
0: coming to town. That's right. 40 for 205 for Newman in, really, his first extensive game action, right? I mean, and then to have a long run of just 19 yards, a lot of times you see 205 yards, Well, the guy had a 50 yard touchdown among it. Yeah. Nope. It was just that grinding yardage as you just described for Newbin the whole time. Yeah,
1: it was, it was, um, first of all, it was an incredible story, uh, you know, for a guy who had six carries all year and it was late in that Michigan game. You know, that Michigan game was 52 to 10 or whatever. And they were just like, all right, let's get some guys in here so we, you know, uh, keep one, keep guys healthy. And so he had six meaningless Nothing's meaningless. Obviously, they were important to him, but you know what I'm saying. It came at a point when the game was no longer um, in doubt, and so that was it. Those were his six carries. He had, I think, another nine carries last year, all in non-conference and all again in games in which things were done, so something like 13 or 15 career carries coming in. So you give him 40, which is incredible, and then, as you mentioned, 200-plus yards, two touchdowns, um, and it was, it was, a uh, I I would call it again, I mentioned a prototypical PJ Fleck kind of win, um, that, that, like if you put number 24 on the kid, you'd say that was, that's Mo Ibrahim, you yeah. know, like you say, there's not a 50 yard run in there, but you know, there's. Oh, that was blocked to get three yards and he got six. Oh, that was, oh, he could have lost two, but he got two. Um, oh, there was a 15 yarder, um, there was a, you know, blocked well and he got exactly what he should have gotten. All those things. And it, um, you know, even physically, they look a little bit alike in terms of height and strength and those kind of things. So it was, um, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they, accidentally found something here with this guy you never know but um you know clearly he's going to have to play some more i would think you you have a game like that you're not going to immediately go back to fifth string injuries or not i would think but um you know sometimes that happens all of a sudden the guy gets a chance and you're like uh even muhammad that you know he he had uh, all those guys get hurt ahead of him and um he probably wasn't factoring in in his freshman year redshirt freshman year and all of a sudden he started getting his chance and as they say the rest is history
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, it's not the first time the Gophers have been down to their fourth or fifth or sixth string running back needing to come in and play meaningful snaps. And and that was the case again this week for Newman. Injuries ahead of him. He gets his shot, takes the most of it.
1: Yeah, I think it does say, too, that if you're committed to it, and the Gophers clearly are committed to running the football, um, and you have linemen who enjoy run blocking especially, um, you know, obviously the, the running back position matters. But if you're committed to it, you know, you can, you can accomplish, uh, success, uh, in the running game. Doesn't mean you're going to win every game, but you can have a good running game, it seems. Um, if you're just committed to it, just don't give up on it. Just keep going. If that's your identity, uh, live by it. And, um, I think there had been, I think there would have been some coaches probably, and I'm not even saying they'd be wrong, um, that last week would have said, gosh, we're down to our fifth string running back, our fourth string running back just fumbled again. Um, and, we, we better just throw the ball I mean we're, we're just gonna have to throw the ball to try to win this game and that, that, that who knows maybe they would have won 45 to six I don't know um, but in this case they're like nope this is what we're committed to let's see what Newbin's got and he wasn't great to start and then he just you could just see the confidence start to build and then before you knew it it was again a little like Ibrahim you look down I, I forget exactly what it was but I want to say it was something like 15 carries and 79 yards or something at halftime. Mm. that's probably not exactly right but it was something in that neighborhood and that's exactly like the old days of Mo right you'd look down you'd say hey he was decent and then you oh geez, he's got 180 or he's got 80 yards here at halftime. Yeah. And that was the case with Newman and so um, they're committed to it. There's, it's clearly that they're committed to it. They feel good about their line. And, um, you know, we'll probably see more of the same this
0: weekend. So you've seen uh, Ethan Kaliak-Manus for a while now. How would you stack up yesterday's game compared to some of his others? Are you seeing uh, progress with him in terms of accuracy, running the offense, things like that?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's progress. Um, you know, he, I think we've talked about it in the past. I don't. He, he has not played like I, as well as I thought he would. I don't mm-hmm. think it's entirely his fault. I don't think it means I. I have. I still have no. I no doubt that he's as talented as I thought he was. He's got arm strength. He can move. Um, I don't think they've often. First of all, it was a little like with more, Tanner Morgan. I, I don't think there's. And I think Tanner would admit this. There's no doubt that Kelly Advanis has more uh gifts uh physically than uh, than Tanner does, and you know Tanner had that great twenty nineteen year and then everyone was like, boy, he kind of fell off, and some of it was just you know when you're throwing twelve times he threw four passes or dropped back four times to throw in the second half I mean even if you're Joe Montana, I would think that you know clip one you 're not going to have great stats, but two you're probably just not going to get into any rhythm and so in a weird way, I think that's that there is some issue there in terms of uh, you know, how do you judge progress? I mean, mm-hmm. that's hard. When you know, uh, I think the the uh, one game championship season thing. I know people tease PJ about that, but I, I would say a couple of things about it. One, um, it it, it the, the, I had not heard it quite as emphatic from anybody ever than I did from PJ. Right when he first started these. First of all, nobody called it a one-game championship season. It'd, yeah. You know, it'd be like one game at a time, or you can't look ahead, and so that that had been you know fairly popular. But in terms of really emphasizing it, and now there are coaches. I mean, they, you hear sometimes these NFL guys get um, yeah. interviewed, and and they say it. They're like, yeah, you know, one-game championship season. This and I'm like them, PJ's a, a trendsetter here. So one, I think it served the program well. I really do. At a place like Minnesota, you've got to just keep guys zeroed in. You can't have them you know, look ahead or or have last week's loss turn into another loss, all that. That said, uh, because of that mantra, it, it really is, and they really do commit to whatever it takes to win. That's it. And in some cases, I wonder if um, sometimes that's detrimental to the long-term development of a team, you know, because last week it was clear they were in command, but there was no guarantee. And, of course, they blew a 21-point lead at Northwestern, so you don't want to get too cute. Um, but would it have been better to have uh you know eighth and throw fifteen times in the second half just to just to see a pass rush just to you know develop a little bit more and so I think some of it is just by the nature of how they go about it um it 's not nothing malicious they 're not trying to you know shortchange the kid it 's just hey we 're here to win the football game yeah. so uh that 's a long answer to the question uh because i I do think he uh, if you'd have told me. Uh, what his stats are um, after this? I just said, boy, that he he must not have had a very good year, and the Gophers have probably won about two games. Then, mm. if in August you have said, you know, I don't even know what his stats are right now, but you know, they're not they're not great. They're 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 you know, they're not uh, going to pop off the stat sheet. Because um, right. I thought based on everything that he would have to have a really strong year. Um, so I think he's making progress. I have no doubt he's talented. Um, he, ha- I-, I also am surprised they haven't run him a little bit more um, by design. Um, mm. It seems that their idea is to really make sure he stays in the pocket, even on plays that break down, like some of his best plays this year, including that third-down scramble, have been when the pocket has collapsed and he's been able to flush out. But they have not had him really do much on the move, which mm. surprises me a little bit. And mm. maybe they're-, they're trying to get him so in tune with footwork to help his accuracy, that they don't want him doing that for the moment. Maybe that's part of their long-term plan. But um, yeah, he's developing, I, you know. And I, I think it will be interesting to see what um, you know what the off-season brings in terms of the quarterback spot because the, the production, the numbers, as I said, don't pop off. Would they? Would they entertain the idea that? You know, we might need to dip into the portal to upgrade, mm-hmm. or um, are they going to say, "Look, we really think this kid's talented. He's now got another year starting, and he's going to pop next year." Honestly, that's the way I would lean, and I think that's probably against what most fans think. Um, is that I would I would let the kid roll and mm-hmm. say, "Look, this you're our guy, and um, next year you're going to pop." But um, I, th- I think there are some folks out there who would say, no, you got to go get a you got to go get a kid." Um, somewhere so we shall see
0: yeah so Illinois has won the last two meetings with the Gophers what do they need to do to beat them this Saturday
1: yeah score points Uh, that's been the issue against this team the last two times Um, I remember last year I can't I don't think I can remember a time um, you know the Gophers of course have faced really good defenses over the years Wisconsin's always been salty Iowa's always been really good um you know uh, ohio state the handful of times they've played ohio state it's usually been a pretty good defense but i can't remember a time last year where a gopher team um, when they were down at illinois where a defense was so smothering and all over it I, i remember multiple times during the game i like God, it looks like they got thirteen guys out there. Every time you look for space, there's a there's a defender. You know, in the passing game and the running game. Uh, I think Moe did get his hundred yards, but it was it was a grind for that. Um, I think it came late. Um, Tanner got hurt. Ethan came in. That was his first real action. That, that kind of started the whole thing for for Ethan. And Ethan looked um not very good in the game through an interception looked a little overwhelmed he talked about it yesterday in his in his news conference at, um uh, one of the guys asked him what you what do you remember about that game he goes i was terrible <laughs> and um you know look he hadn't played much you know yeah. other than some mop-up duty and all of a sudden you get thrown in you're leading the big 10 west remember they were um tied i think for the big 10 west as they are right now heading into november and in a four-way tie for the west so um they, they they that defense last year was just incredible they 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 yep. were all over the place and they haven't been as good this year and you think about it three of those defenders in the secondary are in the NFL was a kid's name i think Witherspoon yep. is that or Weatherspoon yep. with Seattle now i think he's won like rookie of the week two or three times yep i know on, on one of the early games he had a pick 6 and another interception and he was like the fifth or sixth pick in the draft and they had a um uh Sydney Brown i believe was another safety that was really good and their best defensive player, Johnny Newton, um, right now at defensive end, he is a handful, um, and he's going to be a handful for the two Gopher tackles. He, uh, The Gophers caught a bit of a break. He got called for targeting on a quarterback sack um, two weeks ago against Wisconsin. Illinois was on a bye last week, so he's going to miss the first half of this game on Saturday. So oh. they catch a bit of a break there and then Randolph is the other, they have this thing, they call it the law firm of Newton and Randolph, and one's an end and one's a tackle, and they have been very good now for two-plus years, and he has been injured, and so there's questions as to whether he'll play this week as well. So if both those guys are out, then um that, that there's such a factor that 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 uh, bows well for Minnesota. Yeah. Um uh, we know the one guys out for a half and then we'll we'll be in in the second half and yeah. we'll have to wait to see on Randolph but that that's the that's the key scoring points. I think it was 14 to 6 maybe the first time they played or 2 years ago in in um yeah. in Minneapolis and then last year it was just um yeah it was the the golfers got a long kick return to start the third quarter um couldn't house it they got tackled on like the 8 and I think that was a, uh, that, that. Those 92 yards were basically most of their. Yard. I mean, obviously, they don't count in total yards, but that yeah. was that was that was the best thing that they had going all day.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, this Saturday, Huntington Bank Stadium, 12:30. The pregame, 2:40 uh, with the kickoff. Grimmer, thanks so much. We'll be tuned in on Saturday.
1: All right, sounds good, Todd. Thanks. Always enjoy.
0: Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Freds podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender.